When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, this is the Napsack Files. I'm Ken Napsack, and this, this is an interview show. But first, you get to hear me. Got a great guest coming in, Phil Svitek. In studio, Phil, you might not know him, you might not be familiar, but he's doing some great work. He's a 360 creative coach, is what he calls himself. We talk about him on the show. The key part in the history of Schmoes knows part of a, a big part, uh, a part of a big part. He was a key cog in the big machine. It was Schmoes No Phase 5. We go into that a little bit. Over on the Patreon page, we go into it a little bit more with the show, Five Extra Minutes. That interview is in a bit. And if you, there's a lot of interesting things in it just to, hey, if you're a human functioning on this earth, but Phil and I go into uh, some stuff about this industry. And if you're looking to get into digital media broadcasting or, or content creation, all those kind of things, which, hey, you should very well consider it if you want to do it. We talk a lot about that, what works, what doesn't, a lot of those things in a great little interview that's coming up here in a bit. I want to catch up with all of you. It's been a great start to the new year. I want to thank you all for your continued support, including me testing some streaming capabilities. You're never going to see me sit down and stream on a regular basis, just Q&A, Super Chat shows. That is not an indictment of those that do. Just not for me. Uh, But I'm going to be doing some of those things live broadcasts right here from the studio in my home, which means I'll be using a a MacBook camera, and you're just going to have to deal with it for a while. But uh, got some cool stuff coming to make it spruce it up, look good. We did a test the other day, and I... (sighs) I say this because this is how much I love all of you, all you listeners of the Napsack Files. I've been doing these kind of tests. I've been doing them since I started the Patreon page. The Patreon page is a great place for me to grow my business because I go to people that support me, that are invested in me, literally, and I say, hey, I got this new thing. We're going to try it out. Sometimes it works, and sometimes I test shows there and just kind of get my footing on some things and, and have some real think tank kind of moments with a lot of my supporters so they're used to me going, hey, join me tomorrow at 3. I'm going to test some tech, and we've been doing that lately. But I decided, ah, screw it. Let's go public. Let's do this. I'm not going to announce it. Let's see who shows up. And a few of you did. A few of you did. I think it, it, it all told uh, 55 people, small but mighty crowd. We had a great time. You guys are the best. It blows me away every time. It blows my mind that you guys are just like, hey, Ken's blabbing into a microphone. Let's sit down and chat. And we had some good moments and good conversations. So we'll be doing more of that. I just really like putting out shows more than just Q&As. So Q&As are fun because that's always been a part of the Knapsack Files. And we do do that kind of closed circuit. 
the TNF In Session show is closed circuit. It's The audience is made up of my Patreon supporters, so there becomes more of a show for the public. But I've been um, really excited about some of the things I'm able to do uh, through StreamYard and some other things. So stay tuned for that. And as well as uh, I'll be getting back to streaming some video games on Twitch. That's always fun. And always blows my mind how much I enjoy, more than I think you guys realize, how much I enjoy seeing familiar names and just hanging out with folks, chatting with you. And then I, I've talked about it when I get to meet some of you in person, the Kyle Harlos and the old hand sauce and the scribblers and all those fine folks. It means that much more. And Phil and I on the interview, we talk a little bit. We go into the fan supported model. Can it work? Is it sustainable? What's the pitfalls? What's the, the benefits of it? We, we talk a little bit about that. There's more conversation to be had there. And every time I think, man, this might be the end, or maybe this isn't the way to go, you all step forward, and you all connect with me, and you make it worthwhile for me. So I appreciate that. And that all leads somewhat seamlessly until I called it out <laughs> into the executive producer supporters I have, like Thomas Risling, Lethal Logan Expedore, the aforementioned Kyle Harlow, Matthew Thompson, the Brothers Buddha, Tamor Abdul and Rafa, Nate Ovendale, Zach Anderson. Working on some stand-ups. Zach's got some new bits he's trying out. Uh, my pal, uh, pal, pal Ty Schallenberger, Lalomi, and Chad Benenfield. Chad's like the old veteran in the group. He, uh, in terms of like, not just in terms of Patreon support, but he and I have been through the wars before. You know, the wars of life. And uh, I love having him in the uh, TNF boardroom. So if you want to cons- consider uh, supporting, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash But if you're going to throw me a buck or two right now, uh, this month, don't do that. Here's something I want you to consider. I mentioned it last week on the show. I'm going to mention it here. Well, we'll keep mentioning it for a little bit. Uh, a friend of the show, a listener uh, who have uh, had a chance to connect with over the last couple of days, Zachary Bassinger, is in a battle, quite frankly, for his life, uh, battling cancer. And he's got a GoFundMe. We talked about it last week. You can go to GoFundMe.com slash F slash Zachary Bassinger. Uh, B-A-S-I-N-G-E-R. I'll put a link in the description of the podcast. You can find it definitely through Anchor, too. It's easy. I tweeted it out, too, as well. We'll do that again. Uh, he is uh, starting some clinical testing. He and I have been talking about it. His attitude is so hopeful. And this is the path he's decided to take. I uh, got to what could have been uh, bad news on a recent check and, and is not looking at it that way. He's looking at the opportunity and in front of them to be one of only 40 people getting this clinical testing. And we are uh, putting our, our love and hope and faith into what's happening with our friend Zachary. So go check out his GoFundMe page. If you want to consider supporting, uh, he and his wife both had to leave their, uh, their jobs and uh, move uh, home with family to get through this tough time. So uh, he and I have uh, been able to connect and I think he's a great, great dude. And that's uh, just been on my heart to share. You can check it out, share support, but that's what I'm saying. Instead of giving me that buck or two this month for the Napsock Files and, and this show, head over there. Make it a one-time thing there if you want um, and, and help out. That's been the kind of folks in 2020. Not for any great reason. Not for anything in particular other than just like, hey, let's get outside of ourselves in 2020 and look around at, at individuals needing assistance, individuals who need your ear, individuals who need your support, content creators who are putting stuff out that you might like that need your support, uh, a lot of that, or, or the bigger uh, global charities, a lot of things, a lot of things to plug into. 
And sometimes by choosing one, you might be choosing uh, not choosing another or not, not ignoring another. That's just part of it. Find what your heart wants to support. That's the best way. And put your weight behind him. That's what we think here. So uh, that's still on my mind there. Uh, housekeeping talk here uh, before we get to the interview. Uh, trying to lock down officially when I can announce the stand-up comedy I'll be performing with Mark Ellis in the city of Las Vegas. Viva! I won't do it. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'll be funnier on stage. That's coming up soon. Uh, you always go to markellislive.com to get updated information on his shows. Uh, I don't know what I can say yet, but look, I look forward to, uh, for, to doing that. Also, locally in Los Angeles, working on a show, a co-show, a live event show on May 3rd with one Mark Riley and special guests working on the details. Uh, that's coming up, too, so stay tuned. You can always go to KenNapsock.com for some of that information. When I have it, i got to update it. All right? It's all right. That's good. Everything else, everything else is good in my life. I, I, I can't complain. And, I, and it's, uh, that statement, you hear that a lot. I can't complain. But we can. You could. I, I love that choice. It's a choice we have to make. I, I can't complain. You could, but you're not. And that's where I'm at. Got some, some things going on. Got some good things going on. Working hard on a, on a project. And it's a project. It's a writing project. And this doesn't just apply to writing endeavors. It could apply to anything, but it's a life lesson moment for me. It, it, when you have a writing project, and it, it's not just for yourself, eventually uh, you're going to get notes. Could be from producers. Um, could be from other creatives, directors, whatever it may be, companies, representatives for those companies. I am bad at taking notes initially. So you put your, your effort, you put your blood and sweat into something, and then you have to hand it off. You have to hand it off, and then someone comes along, and it's their job to give you notes. Sometimes notes are bad. Sometimes notes are mean. Sometimes they're very constructive and, and, and very, very good and insightful. Sometimes it's all of it. <laughs> Doesn't matter what the notes are. I have definitely identified in myself a problem. And that problem is just seeing the note, I start to go red. My eyes start going red. I get angry. I don't know why. And I mean that. I don't even look at the note. I haven't even read the note. I just go, notes. The notes are in. And I've been waiting for these notes for a few days, actually. Uh, and that, uh, you know, that's actually a good thing. Hey, the notes, notes are actually, you know, that's part of the process. Notes are good because it means they want to get keep this going with you attached. <laughs> And I started seeing the notes come in. I was like, oh, good, here comes the notes. I am automatically angry. So I had to calm myself down tonight and take a moment, take a beat, and realize it's, it's no longer about me at this point. And this could, again, this could be at work. This could be a job you're doing in a warehouse, in an office, doctor's office, lawyer's office. Construction yard, doesn't matter. some point, someone's going to come to you and say, hey, you got some thoughts on what you're doing. We have to resist that urge to fight it. I'm not talking about know-it-alls. I'm not talking about people, uh, you know, uh, wasting your time with explaining things. I'm just talking about in, in a professional setting. Let me, hey, let me, let me bring you in here. I, I, got some, I got some things for you. 
take a breath and realize where it's coming from and realize the ultimate goal is the betterment of you, the betterment of the thing you're working on. And that's where I'm at right now. I am choosing. I can't complain. I could. I can't get angry. I could. I have got to work through this because it's a bad field. Creative, creative uh, pursuits. It's a bad field to not like notes and to not have uh, like other people giving you their desires for the project you're working on. And I'm not talking about fan stuff because I that's a different thing. Sometimes similar, sometimes it's out in the world. You just have to let it stand on its own or fall on its own. And sometimes people aren't going to get it. And not every joke is for everybody. Not every show I do is for everyone. And I do. I get defensive. If you don't like Mysteries and the Unexplained, a show that will be returning shortly here on the Knapsack Files, I understand. I get it. I get mad. <laughs> I want you to like it. That's where, no, that's where it's coming from for me. Um, but that's a little different. That's post the creation. Specific to creating projects, when you're in the middle of it, a lot of people are going to come and, 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 and put their fingers on it. And that's sometimes just the way of the business. And you have to know that it's not necessarily about you. Be secure in yourself. To take it, you can be bigger than the notes. Put your ego aside. That's a big thing for me right now. I, I'm not an ego-driven person. But to be in this field, there's always a little part of you that's just broken enough to want the adoration of everyone. And for me, it's pretty much in check. It's, 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 it's perspective. There's a lot of perspective I have. It's good because yeah, I guess you could have a bad perspective, but it's a good perspective I have on any kind of uh, listener support uh, that I receive. I, I, I'm humbled by it all. But I've always felt like in my darkest days, working security or uh, podcasting to 10 people, um, I'd always be like, I deserve the attention. And I think I do. But once it's amazing, once more starts to come, it's, I, I feel I deserve it less. And now it's just a fun, important byproduct, but not the whole thing. And, and that's what I have to realize now with notes, writing notes. It ain't about me. It's about the project and the betterment of you the betterment of the project. So that, that is where I'm at. Notes. Take notes about taking notes, right? No? Just a little bit of career advice from me to you. Speaking of career advice, you take a quick break. And the other side of this, Phil Svitek is in studio for a great interview, some insightful stuff about the business and life in general. Stick around. Thanks for listening to the Knapsack Files. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Here in the Knapsack Files, as I told you at the top of the show, I have a wonderful guest in studio. It's been great to get back to doing the interviews here in the Knapsack Files just because 
As I always say, you all think it's a joke, but it's true in Los Angeles. That's how we keep up with each other, is guesting on podcasts. And right now, a, 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 a gentleman coming in here who I'll describe him in a lot of general terms, and then we're going to go into what he's actually doing, because I think it's really interesting. Podcaster, producer, editor, writer, filmmaker, uh, a, a, a general manager of a station, so to speak, that, that we used to work together at. Uh, please welcome Phil Svitek, and I know his name. I'm just messed up. Phil Svitek is here. How are you, my friend? You know what? Overall, not bad. Uh, yeah. As I said, I'm a little bit busy overall. I said to you before we went on air, but um, but it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I want to start with your name that I actually know how to say, but I stumbled over and I don't edit. It's all it good. Show. I don't even say my name properly. Napzuk is actually how you say my name, but I say Napzak, and we we as a family say Svitek. Am I saying it generally right? You, yeah, you're you're right in the ballpark. right in the ballpark. Yeah. That's all. Also, take yeah. you. I didn't. I mean, you could look at your name and go, you might not be from Culver City. <laughs> no, I am not. I think it was a while before I, I think it was at one of your, it might have been your birthday party. And then your mother was sitting there saying, well, you know, he's not even born here in the States. Where were you born? So I was born in Germany, interestingly enough. Yeah. Uh, but my family is 100% Slovakian, which yeah. whatever that means, because ultimately that was a nation that was split off from Czechoslovakia. Right. Before that, you know, I mean, it's European countries that are always breaking apart, right? Yeah. Um, so that, that's kind of my ancestry, but uh, my dad, he wanted to get to the United States, and in a sense, we were kind of res- refugees going yeah. into, um, you know, Western Germany at the time, which, you know, so yeah. so it's an interesting story. It's not a story for me to tell, because I was like, I was born there, yeah. and I stayed there until I was one year old, so it's not like I have an actual recollection of right. this time. It just sounds more, far more fascinating when you kind of put it in that context. <laughs> Look, my, my father born in Graz, Austria on the way out of Russia, one and a half when he hit America. But it's part of the story. I know exactly what you're saying, where it's yeah. like, hey, I, I maybe do know Culver City more than I know the homeland. But but it's it's fascinating. Uh, it was great origin. And also why I bring it up, not just to to, to go into your starting point. When I learned it, I th- I'd known you for about a year. Now, did we ever sit down and, you know, we're busy working. Do we sit down and have drinks? And where were you born? Where was I born? No. But it was just like it, it kind of blew my mind because it, it started to peel, peel back some interesting layers on on you. People think I'm cold initially. Is that is that yes. part of it? Yeah. OK. Uh, uh, yeah. You, you I you you and I suffer sometimes. My nickname used to be asshole at my old job <laughs> only because I, I, I just I'm there <laughs> and I'm not I'm not yeah. Josh McCougal who walks into a room and goes party started yeah. and maybe I think once that started to unravel I felt a little bit more of a connection with you as time went on because I'm like oh I get you now yeah I mean for me I, I think it's it's a positive and negative when you do throw out a compliment people are so shocked <laughs> that they know that they they can do nothing but believe it they're like holy crap he's never given me a compliment in my life <laughs> Phil has spoken <laughs> yeah um, and yeah I'm not one for small talk and that mm. doesn't mean you know, I'm all about business. I do like to no. enjoy things, but I like to enjoy it on a deeper level than like, oh, how's the weather today? Yeah, so. I admit, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. And we did work to, together. I worked for you in some capacity with, with one particular show with the Jedi Lion show. Uh, we met you, we being kind of the general Schmoes team met you when you were you're doing a lot of great work over at After Buzz, Popcorn Talk for Kevin Undergaro, Marie Menounos, the whole team over there. I know you're not, maybe not, you're more consulting and not as involved on a minute by minute, day to day, month to month basis, even more. You've kind of gone different directions. Um, but man, here's the thing I'll say immediately was like, you, 
you held the weight of an entire company on your shoulders sometimes on the day-to-day operations. How, how did you come into that? Well, so I, I was fortunate enough uh, in the sense that I had been working. So I, I, the story kind of goes back while I was at Emerson College. Okay. And, you know, uh, one of our alumni is Kevin Bright, who's one of the executive producers of Friends and all that. Yeah. And so he was doing a, you know, class and I got to be a part of it. And uh, because I always wanted to edit as an editor, you spend a lot of time with, you know, pretty important people. Right. Yeah. That's why one of the things I say, like, Hey, if you want to like make it in this business, just be an editor. I agree. And so I spent a lot of time with Kevin Bright and a lot of my mentors took notice of that and how well I worked with him. And so Kevin Undergaro was working on his second feature film, mm-hmm. Adventure Serial Buddies, which, you know, was produced by Maria, Maria being of Emerson right as well yeah yeah, that's right so there was that connection and so i got recommended now at the time it was just to do basically like um management of the footage yeah and slowly and surely you know i took on more tasks because it was like okay well my job's pretty easy there's a lot to do with the it's an Mm -hmm. indie movie everyone all hands on deck so i i did more and more Mm -hmm. and then eventually you know kevin's like hey you want to come out to la and like help edit the movie i was like absolutely you know, and I didn't even ask any details. Just like, do yeah. I need to bring a car? Like, what do I bring? I was just like, sure, let's do let's it. Let's do it. I admire that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, so we did it. And, you know, uh, I still was going to college my senior year because they shot it over the summer. And then I started college and I kept flying out like weekends, uh, wow. holidays. And just then we to edit Hal Rudnick footage? Just to edit Hal Rudnick Hal's footage. Great. Yeah, co-stars in that film. Um, there's also Chris Lloyd and other people as well. Right. Yes. Uh, but Hal, Hal went toe to toe with them. He was great. But- you know, so at the time we were ending and Kevin was thinking about his next venture and he was like, Hey, I have this idea for after buzz. Would you be interested? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, let's do it. You know, yeah. I'm not, I don't know if I'm qualified or whatever, but like, you know, I'll work hard. Yeah. And so, so that's kind of the jumping off point, uh, in terms of how I got started. And, you know, it was, it's definitely one of those things like you're building that plane as yeah. it's, you know, going. Where does this seemingly consistent nature inside you to be like, yeah, let's do it. Where does that come from? Has it always been there? I think so. Looking back on it, uh, my mom, I don't know how she unearthed this like document that's probably from like second grade of like, you know, why we liked all the kids in class. And for me, it said because he helps people. And so when I look at that, I just like Mm. helping people. And, you know, now it doesn't matter what I ultimately do. It's, it's really about helping people. Now, granted, I gravitate towards the creative side of it. Sure. But it really is about that. And so when I'm not really working close knit with people, like, you know, Mm. my individual projects are fun, but I like to do them with other people. Yeah. You know, the solo act isn't really for me. This is great. So we can dive, we can go in and out of, you know, working with the Schmoes, which was wonderful, interesting. It was a very important part of that Schmoes brand, what they think they call phase. Phase six. I don't even know. It was phase five. Three was the toad hop. Four was a weird period at our good friend David Ficus's office. Uh, And it was dead. People don't realize Schmoes was dead. And his life got breathed into it over at the house, the old Afterbuzz house. I have great memories of showing up there. Great memories of yelling at Roxy Star that became friends. Uh, A lot of great things there. Uh, We can come in and out of that. But I want to pick up the story here a little bit. I had stopped working over there. We we weren't working this much anymore. I, I just got the job at Screen Junkie, so I had to leave Jedi Alliance. Um, you guys were very accommodating. Uh, Kevin was tremendously supportive when I had to step down. So I lose track, and, and that's the way you go in the industry. Then along the way, I start seeing your stuff pop up. Phil, uh, Phil Svitek pop, Podcast. A, a Phil Svitek Podcast. 
Which is a play on like, uh, uh, you know, uh, Robert Zemeckis <laughs> film. Or Robert like Zemeckis. Yeah. And so I'm like, naturally, I'm going to check on, what, what's this guy doing? I was immediately taken in by what you're doing because in a world of, and I do it too, I'm going to talk about Star Wars and Game of Thrones, and I hope anyone out there listening knows how I love doing that. You had this different bent, and it goes to what you just said to your childhood. You were helping people. You're giving advice, a lot of experiences, a lot of failures that you've had, a lot of successes coming out of those failures, and here you were, and I was like, this is really refreshing. Then we ran into each other's screen, and I was sincere and going, really like what you're doing because in this crazy world... It was a very refreshing take. It seems to tie back to your youth then, your inner core of who you are. It doesn't, but, you know, it was all part of me. And it's not to say, like, mine's better than anyone else's. Like, you know, you yeah. truly enjoy Star Wars and, you yeah. know, I imagine it's part of your childhood. And, yeah. you know, like, it's it's just a big part of you. Um, and for me, I would never pretend to, like, I like Star Wars. I really do. Yeah. But to say, like, I'm anywhere near an expert, no. I would never pretend to be. And I think a lot of people... They try to go after a trend or a fad yeah. when it, it, it maybe might work for the short term and most likely not. Yeah. But I hate the word authentic, but you know, you gotta, mm. if, if, if you're going to look at this business, it's a longevity game. Yeah. And so what, what resonates with you? You know, like I like, I love soccer as well, but doesn't mean like I know all the EPL players. Yeah. I just don't. And I don't pretend to. So you're not going to do a podcast about it or it would no, be I wouldn't. kind of chill. Okay. You know, I might guess and like just have a little fun, but I wouldn't pretend to be an expert. Right. You know. Right. So you really start leaning into, and I don't help me describe what it is. I, I it's a little bit of life coaching, self help, business business advice, straight out kind of therapy, business insight. You had an interesting vi- video the other day at the time of this recording of, you know, the fan supported model, mm-hmm. which I was very included because it's a very big part of what I do, but it's it's shaky ground. So I'm always looking. What, what, what do you describe to, to the, ele- the elevator pitch, the old the elevator saying? Pitch. Well, I, have, I try to have a 360 view of it where I combine the mindset with the technical. And oh, now, yeah. mind you, I don't necessarily focus the content that I do on the technical because there's so many better people that put up YouTube videos, let's say, like, a, you know, YouTube University of how to do After Effects, how to do Premiere. Right. So why, why do that for me? I, I might get into that. And it's, it's, for me, there's a mindset thing. But if I work individually with people, then I definitely combine the technical and say, because, you know, if you and I were working on a book, the mm-hmm. next Star Wars book, like, OK, let's figure out how we're going to market it. Let's figure out, you know, right. the chapters, whatever it may be. So I apply the technical on a case by case basis. It's fascinating. I love it. It's important. It's different. You also just published a book, your mental Did. fortitude book. Yes. Uh, and I went to the kind of a little, it was slash book release slash birthday party. Yeah. So it was, it was three and one, <laughs> three, and one, three and one, a little bit ambitious. Yeah, it was Had a great time, but I get there and I was blown away. Uh, you know, I just, especially, I just, you know, put out uh, my book and it was a tiny little book that they crammed all these pages in. And I love it. I love the size of it. Yours is literally a workbook. And then I open it up. I'm like, Oh no, this is a workbook on how to get through a lot of various things, how to chase your dreams, chase your goals, but to put in the work. Mm-hmm. Where, where did you start right? And a lot of it's based on your podcast, right? Yeah. T- tell me about how you came to, the, to this idea. So it's kind of been really organic, but I always knew deep down, if you look at someone like Tim Ferriss, he has a book called Tribe of Mentors, which mm-hmm. is a lot of teachings from his podcast, from the guests that he's had. Yeah. He's had wonderful guests. And, you know, I've always benefited from whether it be podcasts or the mentors that I've had. So I started on this notion of a podcast. And then the idea was, well, I can translate that to a book. Mm. 
you would think that's a lot easier than it actually is. Right. <laughs> right. And so you start thinking about, well, what value does the book have apart from the podcast? Well, you organize it differently. So here's the lesson. Here's how it applies to you. Now here's how you actually put it to use. Yeah. I think that's a big component in life in general is people love consuming information, but they're not so good at doing it. Yeah. And so if nothing else, I tried to add that layer in at least to, to get people going. How to, how to, okay. Yeah. Get to get them going and follow through. Yeah. That's my, I get mad uh, at a lot of friends where I'm just like, just do it, man. Yeah. Just do it. It's the old Shia LaBeouf thing. <laughs> what, what are you doing? I got to get a new camera and this and that. Do it. Cause I, I, but I see it in myself. Yeah. So that kind of structure probably works really well. Yeah. And I, I in the past year, I've really kind of just broken down barriers in that mm-hmm. sense. You know, I, I, I worked on a feature, my own, mm-hmm. uh, my first feature. Um, and you know, people are like, well, why don't you raise money? Like, this would be great. Even if you just got like 10 grand, you could do so much more with it. I'm like, but it's not about that. It's about just doing it. Mm. It's about just saying like, okay, whatever money we have, which was basically none, it ended up being like $2,000. But it was just like, let's, let's go out and make this. And we did, you know, because certainly you need money to make things. You need money, you need funding, all those kind of things. But that could, if I'm listening to you, right. If I'm that, that easily becomes an obstacle you keep putting in front of yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always, you know, you can look at a Marvel movie like, Oh, you know what? We, instead of a $200 million budget, we need two fifty. Yeah. It's like, well, when's the threshold? Yeah. And your thought is we're going to go with what we got. Maybe more will come in along the way, but we're going to go. Yeah. And the idea was like, you know, I, right now I'm still working on that movie. I'm in the post-production phase. Mm-hmm. And the idea is like, whatever we have, let's just, it's going to be a creative exercise to figure out how to make it anything work. Yeah. And that's going to benefit us. And if nothing else, like, you know, it's going to be a calling card. I don't need it to be the world's best movie, but I need people to, to see it. And, you know, uh, I look at it, there's great talent on display from the actors. Yeah. And if nothing else, they could snip it out those scenes, put it in a reel, and it's good to go. Whether That's a movie good. does anything, fine. You're helping. I, I learned. You're helping. Yeah, yeah, you learned you're helping. Yeah. Do you describe yourself or think of yourself as strictly and classically ambitious? Do you do you wake up every day, clap your hands, we're going to do this? I, I, I think you have a real, very realistic approach to those things. I'm just wondering, do you describe yourself? Because it's very ambitious to yeah. make a movie. Very ambitious, ambitious to write a book. Yeah, but I don't... I mean, it is, but I don't, I don't think of it in those terms. I just think of what do I want to do and does it, does it bring me something and can it, can it other people find use in it? I think that's, that's an, that's the, that's the interesting wrinkle to me. Can other people find use in this and in my words in, in what I'm saying and, and you, again, am I wrong saying there's a little bit of life coaching in, in what you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a phrase that's overused, yeah. overhyped, but yeah, you can it's say It's the only that. way I did, only yeah. way I know to describe it. No, but I yeah. get it. You know, yeah. Yeah. And and it's and it's come it comes from this really interesting vantage point of of you are not again like you said earlier, you're not necessarily an expert on it, but you just you 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 want to help and you feel you have done a lot in a very short amount of time. Uh I mean, I've just known you to, I mean, time flies, 5 6 <laughs> years, yeah. but you've accomplished a lot in a lot of different fields. So, why not help? Why not share? And it's rewarding in its own way. Yeah. And listen, I, there's a, there's a friend that I have. I'm going to try to keep it as vague as possible. Not, <laughs> I don't think sh- we're not that type of show. So you yeah. cannot, no names. No uh, needed. But 
this person yeah. was doing a music video and it was a very frustrating thing for the person. Mm. And it was just like, I, I, I tried to really be there and coach throughout and say like, this is just part of the process. Mm. And I get that it's frustrating. Like, yeah, there could be things smoother about this, yeah. but you're letting this kick you in the ass for no reason. Like, I'm mm. sorry, this, this is the process. Like uh, the director didn't get all the shots that you wanted. That happens with everything. Why do you think like, Lord of the Rings probably had more sh uh, reshoot days than I'll yeah, ever yeah. have filming days in my life. You know? Right. Yeah. So it's just part of it. And you got to accept it. So it's like, okay, this is what we have. And now let's figure out how to fix it. Yeah. And I said, you know, why don't I have a, I have a, there, there was one particular aspect of the music video that just wasn't hitting for the person. Mm. I said, let's just, let's just reshoot it against my green screen. Mm. We'll replicate it. I know you can't get the original location, but let's try. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to work, but let's try. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm like, all right, well, I, I don't know what to do for you then. <laughs> block it. Block people, it. people love the block. We are, yeah. And I, I'm, I, again, I am a king of this. King of th this very podcast began in 2013. I had the equipment in 2012, early 2012. Do, do you know what stopped me from launching the Knapsack Files? You hooking up a mic card? I don't, I don't no. know. I wanted a bag to carry the gear in. And until I got the right bag, I said, I can't do it. That's what I told myself. Put it in a Target bag and go. Yeah. And, I, and, and I'll tell you what, you know what's funny? The bag is right under, literally under my feet. It's, a, it's what's called a police war bag because I was at the time working security. Uh, and it's a big, giant one that you can get from like a quartermaster, these uniform things. And I was like, I kept telling my mom, I, I, I'm going to start it, but I'm going to have to go to other people's houses sometimes to record. And I can't do it just without. So I need this bag. Yeah. It was BS. It was just me telling myself, I can't, I can't do it. I'm too afraid. Yeah. The hardest, the hardest thing I feel like, and th at least this was for me, mm. it was, what do I have to say that hasn't been said? Mm. And, you know, I, I think people use that excuse a lot more and people do have a lot more to say, but also I do want people to give some thought rather than just like, okay, I'm just going to talk about whatever for the sake of it. Yeah. Cause, um, not that like in our circle that's happening, but like when you look at the landscape of like there being almost like 700,000 podcasts, it's right. like, okay, not every one of these actually should be a show. <laughs> this is true. Um, but you know, the cream rises to the top ultimately. That's what you hope. And that's what you think. That's yeah. what, and, and, but also it's just to get it out there. I get that a lot. Uh, you know, uh, uh, in fact, it's kind of, I, I think it's going to happen. I, I, I can't, I, I, it's not that I can't announce it. No one listening can attend it. I, I think I'm going to be starting to teach podcasting classes to kids at libraries. I just nice. got the email today and I'm excited about this opportunity. But one of the, one of the big lessons is everyone's doing it. So why not you? Yeah. And let's see where it goes. What yeah. do you have to say? Let's, let's cultivate that. Yeah. And I think, I think that just goes into, okay, you got to have just a little bit of strategy. You got to have a little bit of purpose. You can't just like, mm. you know, completely wing it, um, yeah. you know, and have intent and so forth. Do you, are you a charts and graphs kind of person? Are you a mixture, free spirit, fly by the seat of your pants, a little bit of, you know, go cross, cross country to edit a film? Sure. Yeah. But are you also measured in how you approach some things? Yeah. I have a very analytical mind. Like every uh, aptitude test they take you, they're like, Oh, you should be a scientist. Like I was very mathematically gifted. Yeah. Um, it's funny how like your IQ rises or drops depending on which one you take. Like when I take math, I, it could be like 152. When I take language, it's like 128 or something. Yeah. You drop. Yeah. Nice. Significantly. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I, all that to say, I also don't necessarily believe in the IQ test. 
I've never taken one because I already know the number's low, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm don't, I don't think so. It, is. <laughs> it would depend. It's also different. At high school, algebra two, two trig, I was there. It's junior year, I was a three. I've dropped, I didn't know. I forgot it all. So maybe. Yeah. So all that to say, like, you got to look at charts and graphs mm-hmm. if it's meaningful. But I think also, too, sometimes people get so bogged down by certain things that aren't necessarily correlated. Yeah. Like, let's say every time I take a drink of my water here, um, it's good one. Yeah. (laughs) Let's say the dog barks. Yeah. Now, are are there two correlated (laughs) or is just a complete happenstance? So I I, I sometimes think people do put a lot of uh, stock into charts unnecessarily. I I think you have to observe it, but also, you know, go in with some intuition as well. Uh, Yeah. A perfect balance, a mix, which is not always easy. You and I had this conversation, I think, another time, and, and I was a guest recently on your show as well. I think we share an interest in this, but it is the failure of successful people and how they share it and learn from it and what we can learn from it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I really do love Bob Iger's book that came out. and It's, it's a it, great book. It's great. It's sleek. It's, it's from Bob's point of view. But he really goes into, yeah, I did that wrong. Yeah, I wish I would have done that again. This was a risk. Maybe I shouldn't say. I, I and I think that's valuable stuff. Uh, and, and it seems like you like some of that stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, um, I I read Bob's book and really enjoyed it, and actually humanized the Disney company for me. In a it did, right in a weird way, yeah. Especially the opening when there's some of the tr- dramas happening and everything, and the, the the there's a bad incident with the well. I I, I, I like that incident. So yeah. you're talking about the alligator alligator incident. incident. Yeah. Here's what's so bold, and he he doesn't necessarily contextualize in this way, but mm-hmm. having been to a small degree on that side of it. Yeah. So basically he was torn because he wanted to call um, the family mm-hmm. himself directly. When you work in a corporate environment, you don't do anything like that without lawyers. And like, yeah. I've been in situations like yeah. that. And again, on a very smaller scale, but for him to say, no, I need to do this. And the lawyers were actually like, okay, we understand. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They, the, that really resonated with me of like what type of person he was yeah. and also how the company just understood, like we get it. He has to do this. And like, cause yeah. you could be like, if he says the wrong thing of like, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. I wish this never happened. Then all of a sudden it's Disney's millions, liable. Millions of dollars if he does it wrong. Yeah. For those, uh, he goes into the, it's a tragic incident that happens where a child was killed at one of the parks in Orlando, one of the hotel resorts by an alligator, kind of a freak thing. Yeah. Florida, South Florida, you're going to get some of this stuff, but it was still kind of a freak thing. And he's over in China, I believe they're opening up uh, Disneyland over there, I believe. And, yeah. and he, like you said, makes a call to the family that has lost a child. And you're right. One wrong word millions of dollars could cost him, but he, but he felt he had to do it. And yeah, I I thought it did speak a lot about who he is. And then the next day too, uh, they put up, they put up, um, guards and they put up signs everywhere. Mm. Like, you know, so they actually acted on it. Yeah. Um, so that was another cool telling part of it. Yeah. And, and this, again, this, it'd be, it's always one thing to learn from success because sure you can see it, but, but, I, I too am fascinated with the the the, the moments. Um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson getting cut from a football team and having yeah. seven dollars to his name is a fascinating story. It's more interesting than the end result to me. Sometimes. Here's a here's an interesting story that I learned. Um, you don't get this in the book of Bob's, but uh, he was he was doing a podcast recently and he said Steve Jobs would call him randomly on Saturdays or Sunday mornings and he'd be like, "Hey, I'm bored. What you up to?" <laughs> this <laughs> is Steve Jobs. <laughs> And, you know, it's, it's funny to me because like, sometimes I do that with people. So yeah. I'm like, oh, 
I'm like Steve Jobs. Yeah, it's working. <laughs> Good. I have some complaints about my iPhone 11, even though he had nothing to do with it. Well, maybe he did. For he started it. He started it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what? Looking at the industry we're in now, uh, this digital media industry that's that's wonderful. It's given me a career. It's given a lot of people voices in a career. I'm still. I still look at uh, what AfterBuzz started. Mm-hmm. This genius decision to make talking about shows a, a line of work. Uh, it, it, but it's changed dramatically and grown rapidly. Looking at it now, what fascinates you most about this industry, mm-hmm. including some of the fan supportive stuff you were talking about? What what fascinates you? And what scares you the most? Uh, what fascinates me? I, I think what fascinates me is the fact that you can have fan supported models, mm-hmm. but I do worry that there's going to be an oversaturation aspect to it. Yeah. And I think you know eventually, I think fans will kind of be able to see who really needs the money and who's big enough to get sponsorships. Like I see a lot of c- celebrities entering the space of like Patreon. And I'm like, yeah, this is not going to work out for you. <laughs> yeah. It, it just is. And, and I was fascinated because Tim Ferriss wrote a blog about it, admitting his failure with a fan supported model. Mm. And it cited a lot of that stuff. Um, as far as the discussions, I mean, yeah, I think, I think the things that are going to work is the people that are truly super fans of this. Mm. Um, where it gets interesting is let's you're a star Wars expert, but you also have other stuff that you got going on. Right. Whereas it's interesting. Like the, let's take like a 14 year old kid, like who's just obsessed with star Wars and he can dedicate like 24 right. seven to it. He's going to surpass you in the comment section. He's like, yeah, why didn't you know this? And it's like, <laughs> shit all the time, you know, all of a sudden like the, the, yeah. the, the audience is smarter than you. And I don't know like if that's a negative thing necessarily yeah, yeah. or what that's going to lead to, but yeah, it's kind of interesting to see. Um, well, and that kid, God bless that kid that goes and starts his own show yeah. and goes in Twitch streams and suddenly he's making, might be making more than me and everything. And, and yeah, it, it, it's not a bad thing. It's just yeah. part of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at it, what's great, like podcasting continues to grow. You know, a lot of people are signing like uh, Apple podcast market share is falling. Yes, but at the same time, the overall listenership yeah. has grown tremendously. Mm-hmm. So that just means pe- more people are listening and more people are listening across other platforms. Yeah. So I'm excited by the expansion, whether it's podcasting or digital content in general, um, where things go. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, I really feel that, I mean, podcasting has been around a long time now, but it feels in the last couple of years, it's grown, grown tremendously. It, it's a powerhouse. Yeah. The scripted things, whether it's true crime, all those kind of things, it's 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 so it's it's a vibrant world now. And I always joke that it's like we're 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 going back to where we started. Digital media kind of started in my mind with podcasts, then YouTube pops up, and now we're getting back to that as being at the forefront. I think video is always key, but yeah, I think you know, and it's a good point you said about the scripted side. Um, I mean, the fact that Marvel has an actual podcast through Wolverine, yeah, that stuff gets me excited. Yeah. Um, cause I think that's just more opportunity for storytellers, for actors and so forth. And right. you know, that one in particular is really good. I also like uh, deadly manners. Um, there's the, the, I don't know if, if your fans have any suggestions for more <laughs> like dramas on podcasts, I'd love to know. Cause I, I, I just love listening to that stuff. I, uh, I like them. Uh, I, I don't listen as, as often as others, but, uh, I monitor it, pay attention. True crime is big in our house. So I hear a yeah. lot of those ones. Yeah, those are, those are good. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a true crime kind of guy overall. I'm just not people get so into like thriller stuff. It's like, eh, not me. 
it's interesting. It's a side, good, it's a good side of the conversation to have. I, I see it mostly female heavy, and and my girlfriend is one of them. She is a murderino. She is a, a crime junkie. She's all those, and she'll say it's because look, I I I fear getting murdered every day of my life, so I want to study it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that. Maybe just inherently we don't have that because uh, that's unfortunately how society is. So it's less, and you know. Plus my old line of work, it's like I heard the horror stories every day of what actually is happening in your backyards, and yeah, but it's it is fascinating. It pulls it in, and it's and it's this million dollar industry. It seems in my mind, just yeah. true crime podcast. Well, also bachelors is such that culture is so fascinating to me. The bachelor stuff, and yes. it's guys too. It's not just yes. women. Yes. Oh, it's across all <laughs> demographics. And like the longer it continues, you know, you would think like it would dissipate after a certain amount of time. It just yeah. keeps ramping up. Yeah. I'm fascinated it's, by that it's, culture. I, I, yeah, it is. It is. It, I know what you mean. And look, I'll look again going back to the AfterBuzz days where that was one of the big draws. Yeah. That was one of the big draws. That's what it did. What do you see? Let's get into a little bit of your skill set here, helping others. Get, what do you see some of the biggest mistakes of up-and-comers that we, you know, not naming names, just like, what do you see some of the big mistakes around this industry? Um, overly, A, they want it too fast. Right. And which is fine. Like you can, you can, you know, um, we all have that. I certainly did, but at the same time, learning the skills you need in order, like if you're going to say something that you're capable of doing it, well, you better be capable of doing it. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, there was a job that I've been doing for the past year, like my full-time work. And I was doing an interview and they were like, do you know Adobe audition? And I was like, no, not really, but I can promise you I can learn it in a couple of days. Yeah. So I had the confidence that I knew I could do it, but I was still honest, um, which could have played against me, but I, I didn't feel it was worth lying at the time. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 for me, knowing what I know and being confident enough to know that I can learn certain things yeah. uh, has always benefited me. What about broadcasting itself? You've coached a lot of hosts in your time. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of these hosts coming in and you, I think everyone should give it a go. I, I see some successes. I see growth. I see you tried. Now let's go work something else out. I see it all. What were some of your biggest advice to hosts and broadcasters that you feel a lot of people could benefit from hearing? Um, I think it goes back as cliche and simple as it is. Like you just have to be true to what your skill set is. Mm. And I, you know, we talk about the bachelor. I remember so many people wanting to be on a bachelor after show. I'm like, have you ever seen an episode? Right. And, and it's not like, yeah, I could put you out there, but you're going to get eaten live by the fans. It goes back to that. You know, not that a 14, maybe a 14 year old kid is watching the bachelor. Yeah, I'm sure. But nonetheless, like, I'm not doing you the favor if you've never seen this and you know, like let's go after your passion and build you up. And Mm. uh, there's so many shows that I could point to that. You're like, this has no business being a top 10 show, but it was because the hosts truly loved it. They had the passion and they built it up. And so I don't know. I'm, I'm just really against this idea of going after trends for the sake of virality. Yeah. Because I, to me, Anytime someone says like, we're going to go viral with this, I'm like, you are going the opposite of viral. Yeah. You just, A, you just jinx yourself. Fine. Yeah. But you're looking at it the wrong way. Former guest of the show, a guy named Michael Rainey was a producer with me over at uh, Defy. He, he didn't really work with Screen Junkies. He worked with like the Ah Me brand and everything. And he once said to me, yeah, I think he even maybe said on the on the Knapsack Files he was on, it was just like, the moment someone says, we need a viral video, you know they don't understand the business. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just not how it works. Trends, chasing trends. What you said a little bit there, uh, really, 
I think a lot of people listening to the Knapsack Files, I get a lot of, hey, I want to start a show, and I always encourage it. Uh, you, you said valuable stuff, authentic to what you are and not just chasing it. There's a lot of movie talk. There's a lot of superhero stuff. Let me do this and that. And that might not be where you want to go. And because it is so crowded and it's and it's crowded with a lot of just average chuff. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to wade through that. So really, really, you should want it before you do it. Yeah. And I am also a firm believer. Like people ask me a lot, you know, should I go to college? Should I not? And I don't think it depends on you. Mm-hmm. And, but nonetheless, you need an education. Like you can go to college, but if you mm-hmm. don't pay attention, you haven't really learned anything. You haven't gained the benefit. Yeah. Vice versa. Someone cannot go to college and gain that skill set. So um, I'm a firm believer in education, but yeah. I don't care how you go about it. You get it. And I do believe, I, I feel like as we continue in the digital age, I'm very happy with all the opportunities, but all of this is grounded in a sort of, you know, old school, like there, there's, if you want to be a cinematographer, mm-hmm. well, you should probably learn lighting. Yeah. And, you know, how, I, not saying you will ever need to ever read a light meter, mm-hmm. but you should know Lumen. Yeah. And what that means. Yeah. And because that's going to only help you. So I, I am a firm believer. You have to know and study the craft. Yeah. You know, study what you're getting into. That's yeah. Yeah. And, and look, sometimes in this day, you're going to hit a jackpot. Sometimes uh, one of my other colleagues and I he had a cousin who was like, big fan of your guys' stuff. We were like, sure, kid. Sure. And the, the kid bought his first house because he's just streaming video games. God bless him. We're asking for rooms to rent from him. Like it sometimes happens, but I think the people succeed. I've seen them put in the work, even if they're not familiar with it. Maybe they get assigned to a show, uh, but then they put in the work and then it takes them somewhere if they want to go. It's, 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 it's a good combination knowing yourself and willing to learn and work. Yeah. And it, and it takes a long time. I mean, you know, we could rattle off all the people, like, mm-hmm. whether it starts with Christian and Mark, um, mm-hmm. Roxy's another mutual friend of ours. Like, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of all these people, but, uh, Josh McCougal, like yeah. they put, they're consistently doing something, putting in hours, yeah. whether or not it succeeds, like they're always on to the next and giving every, every project is them giving it their all. Yeah. And when they do find, you know, that, that quote unquote overnight success, it's like, well, they're yeah. going at this. And so they've, they've gotten to where they need to be. Yeah. By putting in the time. Yeah. Uh, one example, uh, Kathy Kelly is an example, yeah. a washer, uh, get to learn and, and love the wrestling business. And now it's, it's just a viable, wonderful career. The amount of time and effort she put into it because that fan base will call you out. Oh, well, yeah. For good and bad. I, I'm part of it. Been in another business for 20 years, but it's pretty bad. And I saw her roll up her sleeves and just be like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get, I'm going to own this. Yeah. And she very well could have adopted that mentality of like, oh, I'm just going to be a pretty girl and just mm-hmm. say some cute things and I'll get you know yeah. people to like me that way. But that, and you know, she could have quote unquote found success through that, but she would have never been hired by the WD, yeah. WWE and she wouldn't be at the place that she's at. Yeah. But she really like, she was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to use the idea of like, Hey, I, I don't know everything about wrestling. I'm going to be open and honest with you guys. So if I make a dumb joke, mm-hmm. let's just all laugh collectively yeah but I'm going to study the, the quote unquote book. Yeah. You know, she did. And so that's an example of an overnight success that took years to, to, to get to. Yeah. And, and someone had to work hard and try and, and, and be told no a few times before it happened. And I think people out there listening need to need to be reminded of that because there's a long journey to each one of each success. As a side note, I remember playing, um, uh, what are the, the, the WWE games, like whatever 2k. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. 10 probably or whatever. Yeah. 
And like we'd, we'd go through all the characters so Kathy could learn all the wrestlers <laughs> and learn some of the moves. Yeah. Like, yeah. Our Friday nights every now and then we'd spend just playing. Uh, That's so funny. I have video footage of her first ever, the first time she ever attended a wrestling show was at the company I work for, M- MPW. Mm-hmm. And she came there with Ryan Katz, another, yeah. and uh, I, I'm thinking of selling that footage somewhere now. I'm kidding, Kathy. Um, <laughs> Because it's the first time she'd ever been to a wrestling show. It's great. It's great. Uh, and there's, that's an example. We talk about Christian and Mark, uh, anyone else. But another part I'm interested to get your take on on this industry because um, we've seen a lot of changes in companies going away or companies having to lay off people. A lot of that's just the nature of things. But individuals keep striving. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing better now, knock on wood. I still need the support of every fan out there, but doing better now than I was doing working for some companies, both personally and, and just professionally. Um, wh- how do you, when you see these companies start to fall away, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? <laughs> I, well, the wows, the whys and the hows and all those things. I, I'm just kind of ashamed in a sense that, um, people don't have foresight into certain things. Uh, because I think there, there, the biggest thing is like, there's no way to monetize it. Yeah. Well, you're not creative enough. There is a way to monetize it Yeah. and taking an investment from, um, you know, let's say a bank or whatever, it's an investment firm. Mm -hmm. That's not the right way to monetize it. Yeah. I, I, you know, you kind of, you said I'm sort of practical, right? And for, in my mind, a business, well, it grows over time and it finds a way to finance itself. Right. So, yeah. you know, one year, let's say you make $10,000 in profit. Well, you invest, you know, that 5,000 and back into the business and you know, you keep the other whatever, and you just slowly keep doing that. And I think people are fascinated by this idea of moonshot ideas. Mm. Uh, and it doesn't have to be that way because it ends up being like, we want to do this. And it's like, I'm not saying again, right. It goes back to the idea of patience. Yeah. I'm not saying you can't, Right, but I'm saying why why do it right away? You can get there. Yeah, uh, you might like this actually. Hit me, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. You know how old that company is? I don't. I'm, I'm trying to I'm over a try- hundred years. Really? Do you know what they're about? No. They want to make games that entertain people. Sure. So back when it was like card games and board games, that's what Nintendo did. Yeah. And as the times have evolved, they stayed true to their mission. They found a way to make it work. And whether it's in this business, you know, with, with the companies that are going out um, mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, tech companies or so forth, it's, you know, Uber comes in and is monopolizing against uh, taxi right. companies and so forth. you got to find a way to innovate. And a lot of companies don't. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I think I think it's a lot of that. And that doesn't mean like all of a sudden you just completely pivot, but you have to have this idea for what's moving forward and you have to see it. Yeah. And people, I don't know when people look at competition as a bad thing and I don't look at it as a bad thing because it reveals your weaknesses. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the vision and, and knowing what you are as a company, that's, that's why I see a lot of these companies start to fail because a lot of it is just, Hey, look, it's a business, but money isn't the answer. Yeah. Money is great. I've seen a lot, but we've seen recently even some big companies with big money and digital media go away. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, I'll, you know, to be candid, uh, I watch from the sidelines, the collider stuff. Yeah. Um, I know obviously you can be, you can be as people, candid as you want here. I know a lot of people affected by it and, you know, in hindsight, I don't necessarily look at the direction of where they're going. I think it's actually smart and fine. Yeah. Right yeah. now, 
the only thing that really irks me is when someone says like, oh, I wish there was um, a way that we would have known the fan reaction. I look at that like you could have just asked any of the staff members. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah. And also, like, I know there was some heat about like, well, this is standard business practice in terms of people letting people go. And I say, well, it doesn't have to be your standard. And again, I don't I'm not saying that to, you know, be critical of other people. Like, listen, I've been in positions people have criticized me. And so forth. It's part of the game. But, yeah. but you know, um, so I say that with like, you know, moving forward, keep mm-hmm. that in mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I know what you mean. And yeah, you have been in that position and you've probably had to tell people your, your dreams are ending here. <laughs> at least it's on not this journey. Easy, it's not an easy thing. Yeah. How, how, how would I, I, in my old job had to, had to let go or at times fire a lot of people or do it eventually later on with HR because, uh, things changed and how you could do it. Um, I used to have firing power, which is weird. I'm not saying that like proud. It's a tough thing. How how would you approach those conversations? Someone like you, whose goal is to help people. And now you got to end some chapter in their life. Well, so there's a great book by uh, Kim Scott called Radical Candor. And, you know, when people look at, especially in this business and they look at, um, you know, like Ari Gold from Entourage is a great Mm -hmm. example of this. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, he's an asshole. He's successful. Like being an asshole can make you successful. Right. But there's another quadrant where, um, where you're honest, but you're also empathetic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not an easy thing to fire somebody, but if you say like, Hey, you know, this is the position we're in. Uh, you know, let, let, I'll use the Clyder example, right? Because it was sure. a financial thing. And um, that mm-hmm. way it wasn't like anyone's fault in terms of performance, right. but it's like, here's the financial position we're in. I have to make some changes. And so this is what I unfortunately have to do. It has no reflection on you as a human being. Right. Um, obviously like whatever recommendation I can give you, or if there's any way I can help, um, then so be it. I will gladly do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know one of the things he said, like, you know, uh, everyone there is like free to use his resources. So like, right, I would right. add that in. You, you just try to soften the blow as easily as you can. And obviously like sometimes people will get mad and so forth. Sure. But you also have to know deep down, you have to believe like is the decision making that you're making correct. The right one for you. Yeah. Yeah. And even maybe at times the right one for them. <laughs> yeah. And, and and sometimes like I've had to make that decision where I'm like, I know you hate me right now mm-hmm. and you feel like that you, you are deserving of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But in fact, by me pushing you in this direction, it's, it, it's up to you how you're going to react ultimately. Yeah. But if you react in the right way, this is going to be the best thing for you. Look, yeah. Uh, getting laid off in January 2018 changed my life. Every second for the better. Yeah. I didn't feel like it on that day, but I had to have that moment. And it's one of my, it's one of the only times in life I'm kind of proud of myself. It took me a bit, took me about two years to get out of the hole, both financially and just where I'm going. But yeah, uh, I, I would not have learned that. I would not have experienced a few years earlier. I think I don't, I don't think I would have been smart enough to be like, how do I go from here? Not how do I drink myself silly because this ruined me, you know, how do you deal with it? No, absolutely. And I think part of the problem is, you know, when you talk about young people starting off, they look to icons Mm -hmm. and let's, I don't know, let's just in the star Wars world, let's take George Lucas. Sure. I know people have negative opinions as well, but let's just put the positives. The king. Yeah. So, you know, they're like, oh, I want to have built what George Lucas did. Well, it's like, okay, great, fine. But look at where he started and take those first steps. Now, granted the, the, the exact how might've changed, but like the general strategy still applies. You know, uh, same thing. Like there's so many people I know, like I want to be the next Ryan Seacrest. I want to be like JLo. I want to be a Beyonce. And it's like, great. Mm. Where do they start? 
Yeah. Study that instead of where they're at now. Mm-hmm. Because it took them quite a bit, even J-Lo. Yeah. Even beyond, it took a bit yep. to get there. I remember J-Lo dancing on In Living Color. Yeah, absolutely. And even before then, there was a journey to get to that point. Exactly. And so, you know, um, that would be my biggest advice to people is like, if you want to make it, it's fine to model your career after somebody and have aspirations, but really study the tactic. Great words. Great words. Where... Where do you want to go? And 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 watching your YouTube channel, listening to your shows, and and seeing you put the book out, and 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 watching you actually that night, you said three for one in that party. It was a book release, birthday party, and shot part of your film. Yes, watched you do it all, uh, which leads to uh, a side question about how do you relax and be in that moment. Let's come back to that. But success and where you want to go, how do you define it? I'm interested to hear someone like you who has a pretty level-headed approach, very multifaceted attack on your career. Yeah. What do you view success, the finish, if maybe there's not a finish line, I don't think there is in our business. Where do you go next? Where do I go next? So I want to, my goal slash ambition is to become a global citizen. Like I would love to travel and just continue to work on things mm. that I get to pick and choose. And the nice part about, you know, the day and age that we live in, like right now I work from home for yeah. uh, clients. And so there's only, the only thing that really ties me down is every now and then I have to like physically go record something, mm-hmm. but I'm sorry. I brought you over here. <laughs> no, but it, you know, um, like I'm not even talking about this. I'm talking about the clients I work yeah, with. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm like 90% there just already. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would love to just kind of, yeah, be able to travel and, and do projects that I want to work on. I think, you know, I, I opened up with the idea that I was busy. And I think busy in terms of a term is when you are not in control of your time. So I think there's a difference Ooh, between yeah. working when you want to work versus you're busy. And right now, yeah, truthfully, I, I'm a little bit busy. I, I am not fully dic- dictating my time. Yeah. Um, but that's right now seasonal. Um, I mean, you could argue that, yes, it's a choice that I'm making to work various side projects that I am. You know, yeah. so, yeah. I'm fascinated by that because I'm in a busy week right now working on this project. I got some writing notes late, but the notes also came with, oh, and your deadline's Monday. (laughs) So I'm busy. But I love what you just said because other than that, I'm actually still pretty much in control of my time this week. What's We got to come up with a word for that instead of going on busy because I like there's an emotional difference in what you're describing. Busy busy is a, uh, uh, uh. what else is there? What can we call it? I know there was a term for it. I'm blanking on it. I don't know if working hard would constitute as that. Yeah. I know that's not the term. It's not the term, but but I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll get back to you because I know I know there is a term. We got to uh, yeah, I'll look it up, but it's just coming because yeah, it is. I, I I've been saying that too, and you know that's a good party. How you doing? Uh, busy. Yeah, but it's true. I'm not making it up. You're not making it up. But I don't feel swamped. I don't yeah. feel you might. But again, sometimes those are factors. What you how you broke it down it, when, when the factors are controlling you or you are controlling the factors. It's interesting. Side note. That's a side note. We'll figure it out. No, absolutely. And, you know, uh, listen, uh, I think I, you know, what's interesting after I just step back from after buzz, you know, my, my mm-hmm. goals were to get back into filmmaking. I just turned 30. So it was like, you know, yeah. ending a chapter of my life essentially. And, you know, I, I, I also felt great because the people there mm-hmm. I knew could, 
take it to the next level. It wasn't like, all right, bye, bitches, I'm done. You would call, but you would, you were part of that cultivation, though, right? Yeah, you were part but, of like training those who came up behind you. <laughs> yeah, in a good way. And and yeah. not to like sidestep that, although yeah. I'm terrible at taking compliments, I will admit. Um, yeah. I it was interesting to me. A lot of people were like, "Is he gonna not do as much as he did at right. AfterBuzz?" Right. And I found out, like, no, I was just going to do as much. But I was yeah. just going to now choose differently how I was going to go about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. That's yeah. great. You, you as a busy uh, and, and uh, self-controlled and out-of-control busy all at the same time, uh, uh, with a lot of things going, this is, this is something that's it's important to me, and I've talked about it a little bit on the shows here. How do you relax? What do you do to relax? And how do you be in that moment to allow yourself to, to relax? Because it's vitally important. Yeah. So I, I do enjoy movies a lot. Huh. Uh, I have the AMC A-list pass. It's the greatest Sweet. invention I ever. Yeah. 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 Um, so that that's one form of it. Um, whenever I walk my dogs, I'm lucky enough. Like I'll call friends and kind of get mm. downtime that way. I don't know. I'm, I have pretty simple, simple pleasures. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my relaxing things like, uh, yeah, sure. Let's get, let's get completely drunk <laughs> with sure. our friends and just have, you know, just yeah. have fun and blow off steam. I have my rules of like everyone's phone's got to go away. Cause like mm. people get just text between texting and social media yeah. and drinking is just a bad idea. That's, so many regrets. That's true. That's true. So it's like phones go away and let's just spend time together <laughs> and be drunk. I like Whatever it. we say stays here. It stays here. Cause at first I'm thinking, oh, you're trying to do like engage in the moment. Some big giant philosophical spiritual thing. But you're like, no, don't drunk text. Yeah. <laughs> that's smart. Yeah, absolutely. That's smart. I, it's, it's just become more and more important to me, especially someone who has to, you know, manage his own life and schedule. And I could easily just play seven hours of video games. You can't. And I got to, I got to really be present for myself in the relaxing moments because that's the 10, 15, 20 minutes. Maybe it's two hours to regenerate. Yeah. And I see so many people don't do that and they, and they just spin out of control. Yeah. I mean, for me, I also play soccer. I do believe in sleep. I also it's believe good. in naps. Naps are good. Yes. You and Mark Ellis I, yeah, and me. I mean, listen, Churchill took a lot of naps. It's like Didn't all these world leaders take naps and they swear by them. So it's like, well, Works, works for Churchill. Works for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Phil, you're a fascinating character, and I really do mean this. I, I love what you're doing and what you're putting out there. Thank you. I appreciate that. Because it, it's helpful. It's poignant stuff. It's also you sometimes, uh, you know, working through your questions on it. I love, that's why I keep, uh, you know, I, I watch your stuff often, but the one recently with the fan-supported one, I was like, well, this is near and dear to what I do. And I love at the end of it, you're kind of like, I, I'm paraphrasing, but you're like, I'm still working through what I think. I'll get back to you. Yeah, because I, I, I don't know. I remember I remember like years ago, my friend Ian Kaiser reminded me of this. Like I was really, I, I almost like was clairvoyant that this is where things were headed in terms of fan support. And I remember him giving me a lot of backlash. Like this is the stupidest idea I've ever heard of. And I'm like, all right, sure. And then it really hit. Yeah. And then, you know, so it's ironic because he, he was calling me and complimenting me. But I'm like, well, I think I've shifted my mentality on some of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you're, you're looking at the idiot who said in the early uh, to mid-2000s to my friend Tim Powers, I'll never do a podcast. I'll never sit in a room and talk. I was at radio. And wow. That was a stupid, stupid thing. 
Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is just admit, you know, when it, when you when you are wrong, just admit you're wrong and keep it moving. You know, we're all supposed to grow. We're all supposed to grow. I think that you just named the title of the episode. We're all supposed to grow. <laughs> uh, Phil, you uh, have uh, said uh, I really mean it. Doing some great work now. It was always fun to work with you in the past, especially during some crazier times. Some wild personalities coming in and out of that I remember, studio. Uh, what, what was the, the the drunk schmodown at the end of the year? The we, holiday party. What, what, I don't. What was I don't know called? if legally that exists anywhere the schmoes after hours show uh, yes yeah. that was uh we did two of them we should have done none of them <laughs> or just done all of them behind closed doors and no cameras no mics i don't think any copies of those exist anymore yes you you got us through a lot it was a lot of fun and for longtime schmoes fans who are listening and, and i know that a lot of you out there uh phil made a lot of that possible especially after some of the early uh, rough roads in the first couple weeks of us trying to learn to work over there and us trying to figure it all out and and you were often right in the middle of fire with fire extinguishers and buckets of water going we're going to make this work and because of you and your leadership it did so thank you thank you that's that's important that's valuable uh you can find uh phil online tell him where to find the book the podcast everything you do i want you to Sure. Sell uh, yourself here. I feel like the easiest way is just philsvitek.com that has all the very you know, the links to the book, the the social media stuff. Um everything's at philsvitek, so that's easy as well. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh, definitely check it out and I try to use all the various platforms separately so that way I'm not just putting out the same thing on all the platforms. Well, I, I that's a, that's another interesting. I, I want to end the show, but that's such an important. I used to really be good at that. I would not post a picture on Facebook that I posted on Twitter or on Instagram. Now I'm just like copy and paste, and I, I'm upset at myself. <laughs> yeah, it, it, obviously it takes a lot more work, yeah, but um, but does. yeah, I, it goes back to the idea of like people 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 can sense what you're putting out phone it in sometimes i mean promote an article or podcast is different but like if i put a picture of one of my dogs on instagram i don't want to put it on twitter and i'm trying to get back to that or just change the even if you change the caption thank you it's simple (sighs) as that you and i are on the same page my friend i appreciate it phil svitek is here uh he'll be back again and i'll do uh, i'll do your shows again we'll do it all uh really love talking to you and glad we could uh, rekindle uh this uh uh, friendship here. Uh, that's what we do in LA. We podcast over and over, become better friends through it. Absolutely. So, uh, we're out of here. Uh, you got the beginning of the show. You got some updates on things going on the Patreon page. You go to patreon.com slash Talk about fan supported models. Also, I threw out the link again for the GoFundMe of our friend, Zachary Bassinger is going through a tough battle with cancer. If you want to support, uh, take a look if you want to do that or just spread the word. It's uh, something close to us here at the Knapsack Files uh, as we focus on uh, charities and looking outside of ourselves in 2020, one of the goals of the show. So we'll see you next time on the Knapsack Files. <laughs>